The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While Jesus was speaking, a woman from the crowd called out and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts by which you nursed. He replied, Rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. The Gospel of the Lord. We have three parts to our outdoor seasons here at the Shrine. The first part is in the spring when it's still cold and people are sitting in the sunlight and avoiding the shade. And then there's the summer when it's hot and nobody sits in these middle benches because they're all fighting for the spots under the trees and in the shade. And now we come to part three, the fall, and we're back under the sun. It's one of the cool things about having mass outdoors is there is this variety in the space that we don't have inside our churches. And it's part of what makes praying here in this, lo in this location so peculiarly special and powerful. And to our friends from the Indonesian Catholic community in Queens who are with us today, You'll have some great stories to tell when you go back to your churches about how windy it was in church where you were here and how you appreciated that spot of the sunlight, but you needed your jacket on yet. And when we gather here in this place, in the presence of Our Lady presenting our Lord to us, the gospel reading that we've heard today has an absolutely exquisite beauty about it. If I were to ask people here to name your favorite gospel passages, I don't think there would be many, if any of us, would raise their hands and say, you know, Father, it's the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. And that's a shame. Because that's what we heard today. And it is the one spot in all of the Gospels where we hear Jesus speak directly about what he thinks of his mother. Now that's important. This is the one place in the Gospels where Jesus speaks directly to us about who his mother is. And the context is fascinating. He's been preaching, and those who listen to him are deeply moved. And so there's a woman in the congregation, in the group that is gathered listening to him, who is so moved she can't contain herself. And so she jumps up and says something because she's so deeply impressed by him and so deeply touched by his words. She's so moved by his goodness and his authority that she has to say something to acknowledge it. And what does she do? She does what we have in many cultures where... For example, when this young man seated right here, you didn't know you were going to be my demo model, did you? When this young man seated right here does something really good, 
And people are impressed and they say, I bet your mother and your father would be really proud of you. It happens, doesn't it? And I'm sure your mom and dad hear that all the time. And so she jumps up and she gives this praise of his mother, saying how wonderful she must be to have given us a son as good as you. And how delighted she must be in that she is your mother. That's very high praise of both Jesus and of Our Lady. How blessed she is that she's the one who brought you into the world, that she's the one who raised you, and how wonderful it is because you are so good. And one would expect that what Jesus would say was, well, thank you. But Jesus is seldom polite, hardly ever. And so rather than thanking her, he says, no, don't say that. Say something else. And we pause here and we naturally wonder, is, is Jesus saying, don't celebrate Mary? Is Jesus saying, don't praise Mary? It's what it looks like at first glance. But that's not what's going on. And when we ask that question, we're revealing how little we know Jesus. And so let's do some basic Jesus 101 here. Is Jesus the son of Mary? Good, that wasn't a trick question. And is Jesus a good son or a bad son? A good son. Would he perhaps be a very good son? Even a perfect son? The very best of all the sons who ever lived? Okay. Now I'm going to go back to my demonstrator model here, who I assume is also a very good son. And would a really good son want his mother to be praised? Yes, good. I asked this in a church at one point, and uh, the young guy I was speaking to got so nervous, he, he froze. He says, Mom, hit him. I thought she broke three ribs. <laughs> um, but uh, good. And would a really good son want his mother praised in just any old way, or would he want the very best praise for his mom? Uh, very the very best. He's a really good son. <laughs> Think about what our young expert just said. Our young expert at being a good son has just told us, a good son doesn't just want his mother to be praised, he wants us to get it right. He wants the best thing said about his mother. That's what we have here. When Jesus says, don't say that, say something else, this is the Lord saying, if you're going to talk about the greatness of my mother, get it right. Don't give her the second best praise. Say the best thing you can say. And so what we hear now from Jesus, that say rather this, is the very best thing we can say. We should pay attention to this. And so he says, don't simply celebrate the physical fact of her motherhood. That is wonderful and that is real but there's something even greater than that. 
Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. And at first we pause and we say, how is that greater than what was just said? But again, we have to come back to remembering who it is that is speaking to us. Jesus is the Word made flesh, isn't he? And how does somebody receive a word? By listening. Oh my, blessed are those who hear the word and observe it. And he's raising now this quality of Our Lady's listening to a truly exalted dignity. And he does this for a very definite reason, because there is a fundamental and inseparable connection between the ability to listen and the ability to love. The one who can't listen well will never love well. And that is the simple truth. And now you're looking at me like, Father, what are you talking about? Listening's with the ear, love is with the heart. It's two different parts of the body, what's going on with that? So think about your own experiences here, okay? Does anybody here ever from time to time have trouble paying attention? Is anybody here easily distracted? Does anybody here habitually forget what you were just thinking about 10 minutes ago? This is how we work, isn't it? Has anybody here ever had the experience of making a promise and not keeping it, not because you wanted to let somebody down, but simply because you forgot about it? We say things and don't retain them, we hear things and don't retain them. Has anybody here ever been in a conversation and you were so busy thinking about what you were going to say in response, you missed pretty much everything that was being said to you? <laughs> this is us. And then we wonder why we talk past each other all the time. Then we wonder why we're always arguing and never solving a problem because nobody is listening to anybody. All of a sudden what Jesus is saying is beginning to make some sense. And so listen to what he's saying. There are two ways of receiving the word. One is the typical way. We hear the gospel proclaimed, it goes in one ear, pauses, has a cup of coffee, and then leaves. And maybe we wave goodbye, but it's gone. And Jesus is saying, hearing isn't enough. Hearing is for the sake of receiving, which is for the sake of doing. And so he's saying, blessed are those who hear the word and hold on to it long enough to do something with it. No forgetful listener. No one who simply nods his head and moves along, but who keeps what has been given. And now think of your life in another way. Forget about the times you haven't been listening to somebody and think about your experience of being ignored or overlooked or not listened to. 
because that's a universal experience that comes to all of us at some point. That experience of, I keep repeating myself over and over and over, and it goes nowhere. That experience, that painful experience of, I'm trying to share something that's important to me, and no one wants to even slow down long enough to hear me. And I think, I must not matter, because no one cares. And that experience of not being listened to, when we really name what it is, no one sits there and says, I'm feeling not listened to. What we really say is, I don't feel that anybody loves me. Because to listen, to listen to you, I have to do something. I've got to quiet myself for you. I've got to pay attention to you. I've got to take time to be with you. In other words, I have to open my life to you. And even if I disagree with you, I receive what you say with respect. And that's a very different experience, where when someone does that, when someone does that, I don't necessarily feel agreed with, but I feel acknowledged. I feel respected. I feel loved. Because someone has opened and made space in his or her life for me. That sounds a lot like love, doesn't it? This is the connection. To listen well and to love well are related. Because I can't love you if I don't make time for you. I can't love you if I don't respect you. I can't love you if I'm not willing to receive you. And I can't listen to you either if I'm unwilling to do those things. Blessed are they who hear the word of God and observe it, who listen and receive and hold on and do something with it, who respond. What a remarkable statement. And again, let's remember who's saying this. This is the Lord who spoke the law to Moses. This is the Lord who spoke through the prophets. This is the Lord who spoke time and time again. And the experience was often the same. The word arrives, has a cup of coffee, and goes out the other ear. And yet this word in the fullness of time comes, and heaven speaks, and she's listening. And she listened with such a great intensity. She heard this tremendous call, and she received the fullness of the Word of God. Jesus Christ, great and powerful, completely into her life. And think about how amazing it is to say that. The God who stretched out the heavens encloses himself in little Mary. And she contains him. And Jesus, in the womb of Mary, physically tiny, has lost nothing 
of his power, nothing of his divinity, nothing of his goodness, nothing of his mercy. That's how great her listening is. She receives this mighty word that created the universe completely with nothing forgotten, with nothing ignored, nothing set aside. And she receives him so completely that she can give him completely to the world. Blessed are they who hear the word of God and observe it. What a remarkable statement that is. But note what Jesus says, though. Jesus is always clever with his words. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, blessed was she who heard the word of God and observed it. He said, blessed are they, meaning more than his mother. Now, isn't that interesting? He opens up the praise of his mother to include others. And so what he's also saying is my mother's greatness is a greatness you can share. We can't share in carrying him in the womb. We can't share being the physical breast at which he nursed. That's a non-reproducible gift. That is unique to Our Lady. But the great gift. The great characteristic of her is something we can share. Not as perfectly as she does it, but we can move into that same greatness too. A greatness of listening and responding. What a remarkably beautiful statement that is that. Because here the Lord is saying, don't just admire my mother. Be like her. And in your own way, in your own way, opening yourself to the word and retaining it, you will be like her, not physically holding him forth to the world, but truly presenting him to the world. Truly letting me, the Lord is saying, come into the world where you live in a real way, through you, through your listening. Blessed are they who hear the word and observe it. And imagine just how much less bitter division we would have in our world and lamentably as well in our churches if we would get the memo on this and also learn to extend to one another that great and simple dignity that comes from being listened to. We argue so easily that we forget that listening is not all that hard, but it does require the desire to do it. This is important because many who come here, many who live in our communities, many in our families, are dealing with struggles and problems that we can't solve and we can't talk away. And, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating because we feel helpless, there's nothing I have to say. And we forget that sometimes it doesn't really matter whether or not I have something to say. Sometimes a person just needs to know they've been heard. 
And that often has tremendous healing in it by itself. What a marvelous lesson this is. Because the more we learn to hear and respond to the word, the more we will learn as well to hear and respond in a truly Christian way to one another. And that is an exquisitely great thing. And how marvelous it is that in just a few minutes, that same Jesus Christ is going to be here on this altar. And he's going to step forward in my hands to meet you. And you're going to step forward and extend your hands to meet him. You're going to hear me say the body of Christ. And I will likely hear you say amen. And in the middle of that, consider what happens. The word made flesh comes from my hand to your hand. And you're not so much listening to me at that point, but a word is coming to you, the word, Jesus Christ, great and powerful, to your hand, and you receive him. And note, there's a relationship between how well we receive the words of the gospel and how well we receive him, who is the word. So when you take him into your heart today and you go back to your bench and you sit down, take a minute or two and just listen. Take a minute or two and make it a point to carry him forth from this place more consciously than we ordinarily do. Because he still comes to the world through those who hear the word and observe it. And what an amazing privilege that is. Blessed are they indeed who hear the word and who observe it. Amen.